What's up, Elite Army? This is your kind of well, kind of toxic host, Sarah Rittendale, bringing you another episode of Well-ish. Elite do not compare themselves to other people. I know we're past that. I know I'm past that. I'm not. But, you know, we're working hard to not compare ourselves to others. And when you think of how we're doing that, we're so privy to it nowadays. You think of seeing people in public and recognizing things about them that you wish that you had almost takes on a jealous persona. You're envious of what they have, their hair, their clothes, their body, their social status, their relationship status, the amount of friends they have, the things that they're doing, the places they're going. You know, you can so easily get so wrapped up into wishing that your life looked like somebody else's. Then bring in the aspect of social media and not just having the people in your community to compare yourself to, but having literally the entire world and seeing what all people all over are doing that make it look like they're living a life better than yours. It's so easy to feel that you can overcome that, especially because we have been so programmed to be aware of it and to try our best to work towards not comparing ourselves to other people. But what you might not notice is how you are subconsciously still comparing yourself to others. It might not be so apparent. It might not be so surface level. It isn't going to flash bright like some of those other examples that I just gave do. It's going to be a little bit more subliminal. It's going to be a little bit more ingrained into the way that we think, into the way we're programmed. And I'm here to shine light on those areas so that they can scutter away like a fucking flock of cockroaches. Because one thing that truly, really, honestly, absolutely makes you elite is that you no longer live your life for other people, is that you are living your life for you no matter what that looks like. Because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that's going to make us truly feel good and truly feel like we're living up to the best versions of ourselves. You're not alone in this. I absolutely had an issue with this for a really long time. And like I said, I thought I overcame it. I thought because I was so aware of the ways that I was doing it in my everyday life that it was once I was aware of it, I was able to kind of suss it out and put a stop to it quicker than I used to be able to. And I was like, okay, cool. I'm done. I'm done with the shit. I'm not doing it anymore because I wasn't consciously doing it. I wasn't even aware of all of the things that I was doing to live my life based on a perception that I was creating in my head based on the perceptions of other people, how they would perceive me, how I would look in front of them, how I would look compared to them, not only just the judgment of others and trying to not be judged, but to make sure that I was living what I thought was the best version of myself, but it wasn't the best version of myself. For me, it was the best version of myself because I was better than other people. And that is like a really strong thing to come to terms with because you know that you're a good person. You know you're not trying to be better than anybody else or think that you're better than anybody else. But it's kind of this internal thing that if that resonates with you, you know it resonates with you. You don't have to tell anybody. It'll be our secret. Don't worry about it. I'm outing myself. That doesn't mean you have to out yourself. <laughs> 
But it's a real thing that you might not really realize that you are so deeply impacted by. It's this weird sense of accomplishment that if you level up, if you're doing something better than other people around you, then that is what equals success. Because how, what other baseline do you have to determine it off of? If everybody's doing the same thing, if you're doing the same thing as everybody else, what is special about that? The cold hard truth is that if you are still living like this, you are allowing other people to get in the way of you becoming the best version of yourself. The reason is you're not living for yourself. You're living and you think that you are. It, this is like, it's crazy because it's like once you step out of people pleasing and once you step out of trying to live for what would make other people happy, you think you're home free. You think you're out of that. But you realize the ways that, again, it is still so integrated into your decision making and your perception of yourself. And instead of living a life that you can just feel good about and feel like you're living to do what you want to do and that you can change your mind and you can make other decisions and you can do what makes you feel good and not worry about what other people think of that thing or other people's perception of that thing. So in turn, as a result, you're just living in a way that satisfies you and that's it. You're living to make sure that your image is upheld, that your reputation is upheld, that you are living in a way that other people will perceive that success because it's almost like that is what will determine success. It's not good enough for you to just feel the success. It has to be recognized by other people. And that's not your fault. That's how we've been programmed since we were kids. I mean, there's always, there's the participation trophies and, you know, the good jobs that you get your whole life growing up from teachers and parents and peers, if you're lucky, I should say. And one day that all goes away. You become an adult and nothing prepares you for that. You get shoved into the real world and there's nobody to say good job to you. But we're still programmed to think that we haven't succeeded until somebody acknowledges our success. You don't need that anymore. You are good enough to acknowledge your own success. You are valuable enough to take your own win and appreciate it and celebrate it and see it. Just as you are good enough, that is good enough. That alone is good enough. As long as you feel good and you feel satisfied, it doesn't mean that you have to be satisfied for the rest of your life. You're allowed to change your mind and grow and improve, but you have to be able to appreciate what you have going for you as well and making sure that you're living a life that satisfies you as you go along. My therapist told me this really weird thing about how everybody wants to be above average and nobody wants to be average. And just that saying alone, I'm like, yeah, absolutely. I don't want to be fucking average. Like that sounds like an insult. And it is now an insult to be average, to just be coasting along, living a peaceful life, living just averagely, you know, because we have these examples in our face constantly of all of the ways we could be living above average. And so there was this study that if people are asked in a questionnaire, and it could be in regards to anything, anything, 85% of people will, this is what my therapist said, 85% of people will mark themselves as above average, which I think is crazy. 
So I looked that up, looked into the study a little bit further, and there is this phenomenon called the above average effect or the illusory superiority. And to put it simply, it's exactly what my therapist said it is. The words that it actually uses is that it says in various studies, a substantial number of participants tend to perceive themselves as above average in various traits or abilities, which honestly is bizarre to me because you think that people would be more mean to themselves. You know, like I would think on average, more people than not think more negative about themselves than positive. But when we sit down to fill out a questionnaire and it asks us a question and it says, how do you do with this? I mean, I could totally picture myself doing that. I can totally picture myself being like, oh yeah, I'm above average at that. And it's a thing that a majority of people answer that way because we think that it's wrong to be average. We think that it's inadequate to be average when really that's just the middle ground, the middle line. It's not bad to be average, but we have now as a society perceived that as like damning. So in an effort to always be above average, we're constantly putting ourselves in that place that we're comparing ourselves to others because we're trying to make sure that we are above average. We're trying to make sure that we are better than others. And it's not in a sense of I'm going to be better than you because I have to prove that I'm better than you because whatever ego issue you have, it's, I mean, it definitely is your ego, but it's not an ego thing. It's not an ego over somebody else. It's your ego in yourself that you feel like you're not adequate or you're not good enough until you do it better than somebody else. That proves your worth. And in the reverse, if we see or perceive that we are not doing as well as others, we think that we're inadequate and we think that there's something wrong with us. We think that because we don't live up to the standard that we would consider being better than other people, or at least the same as other people, then we must be doing something wrong. There must be something wrong with the way that we are. Life is too short to play these games of making sure that we're portraying ourselves in the right way, to make sure that we're acting in a way that shows other people that we're strong and confident and great and have it all together and successful and just doing all of this extra work to make sure that the world knows who we are and sees us for how we want the world to see us. When really, if you are just living for yourself, the world will see that and the world will perceive that from you. And you won't be in this ever chasing game of trying to prove yourself in the world. I want to talk to you guys about four signs that you are subconsciously comparing yourself to others and how you can use that energy to level up your life instead. The first sign that you are subconsciously comparing yourself to others is that you are always wanting more. What you have now is not enough. You want a better house. You want a better wardrobe. You want a better car. You want a better relationship. You want more friends. You want life to look more aesthetic. You want more money. You want the fucking stuff that you don't need, the cutest robe and the cuffs for washing your face and the jade roller and the cute slippers with the smiley face on them and the vase with the fake branches sticking out of it and the plants and the candles and whatever. You want your life to look like an aesthetic picture that you saw on Pinterest. 
You want your life to look like the reality TV show that you were just watching. You want your life to look like your favorite character in a book. You want your life to look more, to look different than what it looks like now. What your life looks like now is garbage, mundane, and not what you want. It's not good enough. It, it isn't pretty and great and wonderful like all of these other people's lives are. You spend five minutes on the internet and suddenly you're spending the next hour and a half scouring Amazon and TikTok shop to buy all of the things that you saw on the internet in just that short amount of time, even though you don't have the money to buy it, but you're still going to buy all this miscellaneous shit. And then when you buy the miscellaneous shit, you get it into your house and you realize that it really didn't change your life that much. That like, sure, now I have this thing sitting in my house, but it actually didn't make that much of a grandiose impact as I thought that it was going to make but I'm not going to let that stop me from continuing to online shop. I'm going to keep fucking trying until it's all in my house because eventually if I buy it all, then it will change my life, right? Then it will look different, right? How long have you been following that mentality? Because me personally, I've been following that mentality for fucking years and it wasn't until I made this realization that I realized that it didn't fucking matter. How much shit I bought doesn't doesn't change. You're It's never going to be enough. You're always going to want more. The trends are always going to change and it's always going to be different and what you have now is never going to be good enough. It's crazy. It's crazy how that works. And it's fucked up that this is what we're seeing constantly. And we're using this as means of knowing whether or not we're good enough. The number one way that I have figured out to try to combat this, and let me say this is an ongoing problem for me. Your girl is not well off (laughs) and is always trying to spend money that she doesn't have and is incredibly materialistic. Like I just, I love to buy stuff. I love things. I just, things make me happy. I think that it adds to my life and it just, I don't know. I don't know. I'm getting better about not being so into things. I bought this plant today for $50. Did I have $50 to spend on a plant? No, but guess what? I have a new friend and you know what else? I wanted it for a really long time. So this, this one purchase, it's fine. But my point is, is it's just kind of like this plant doesn't make mean that I have the most wonderful life now. It doesn't mean that my house looks like an Instagram video. This plant doesn't change who I am or mean that I'm a health girly or mean that I'm a plant girly or mean that anything. I have to decide that I am those things. But the number one thing that I have figured out that really helps me to actually feel like I am in alignment with my best self and like I am in alignment with the things that would make me feel aesthetic or health oriented or like I have the things that I need that my real life is in alignment with my dream life is leveling up in small areas. Thinking of things not so grandiose, thinking of things not so much like what could I do to make a million dollars or what could I do to purge and redo my whole wardrobe or what could I do to buy a Jeep or what could I do to buy a bigger home? And again, maybe I need to get a new job and I need to whatever, like whatever problem solving you're doing in your head and you're making it such a big thing. Try to level up in small areas. First, and this might not seem so small, but like I used to always just be cheap with my apartment. I used to try to find the cheapest, 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 cheapest rent. And I would end up in these places that weren't very nice. And then I would be like, well, this isn't very nice. And I kind of am upset about that, especially because it's really my quality of life that's in question here. And 
try to make it as homey as possible, but then always feel like I was coming up short. Setting the intention to buy one piece of clothing to improve my wardrobe every paycheck. Sitting down and figuring out a plan to buy a better car. Budgeting my money, figuring out what it is I can afford, learning about what it means to be upside down on a loan and how I would go about problem solving getting a new car if that was something that I wanted to do. But instead, I sit here and I fantasize about it and I complain about it in my head and I use it as a means of me feeling like I'm not good enough. And then I watch other people go by on the street with the things that they have and think, wow, I'm just never going to be good enough, huh? We went the other day to look through neighborhoods in our area and We went through a neighborhood that was just fucking beautiful. And I really, truly, genuinely had the thought in my head that I will, I never thought that I would ever be able to live in a place like this. And I don't, I still don't live in that place, but it was like this thought of like, I couldn't live in a place like this. Like, what am, this is crazy. Like, my life will never look like this. It seems like it's some fairy tale land that's like way far off, almost like a child thinking about what their adult life will look like, that you don't think it will ever actually happen. That day will never actually come. And that's kind of how that felt. It felt surreal. Like, why would I be looking at a place like this? So nice, so cute. So The houses are so great. Like, the neighborhood looks so nice. I would never live in a place like this. But what if I could? What if I worked my way up to living in a place like that? What would that look like for me? Actually sitting down and trying to plan something to level up your life. Now, I bet you're asking, okay, great. That's all fun and dandy, Sarah, but you're still telling me things that are longevity, that are far off. Level up your life in small ways at home. What could you do that would make your life better? Maybe you are constantly beating yourself up about the amount that you go out to eat. Making yourself healthy meals at home will not only be a fun hobby for you, but it'll also make you feel like you're being productive. It will make you feel just straight up proud of yourself that you made a meal for yourself and fed yourself and it was good. Or maybe it wasn't that good, but it was a learning curve and eventually it'll get better. I've been doing yoga every morning because I do the 30-day challenge with the yoga person that I really like to do. And so that's been leveling up my life, just um, doing yoga every day and being active in some way every day. It doesn't mean I have to go to the gym. It doesn't mean I have to go lift weights because that's a lot of work sometimes. I do that too. I've been doing that honestly like two to three times a week and I do yoga every day. And if I don't do that, I go on a walk or on a run. I try to do something active. You could stretch, you know, just setting an intention and following through with that intention levels up your life. You have to identify what leveling up your life looks like for you. Don't just look at the internet and see all these things like people traveling and buying things and going places and having a lot of friends and thinking, wow, like I really wish I had that and then sitting in your ass and not doing anything about it. Level up your life in a way that you can actually attain. Think about your community. Think about what's close to you. Don't think about the far offness that the internet makes it so easy to think about. What ways could you contribute in your community? What ways could you volunteer? What ways could you collaborate with other people in your neighborhood? Is there a neighborhood garden? Is there a committee that you could partake in? Is there a food bank that you could volunteer at? Is there something somewhere, club, nonprofit organization that you could run or help run or contribute to? Something that will make you feel like you're leveling up your life in other areas that you'll feel more proud of the life that you do have. You don't have to be rich and famous to have a good life. 
It's okay to be where you're at. You can always work towards that if that's a goal of yours. You don't need to have this crazy, awesome, Instagrammable life to determine that your life is good. The second thing going on in your head that says that you're subconsciously comparing yourself to others is that if you follow the same life path that has been ingrained in us since the beginning of fucking time, that you're going to meet somebody and maybe get married and then have a baby with them and then raise a family with them and then die. And if you follow that path, that that means you failed. I completely 100% relate to this mentality and I am still working on shaking that mentality. I don't think there's anything wrong with not wanting to live that way and I don't just want to live mundane. Like I want to do more things with my life than to just have a family and be happy with that. I would like to do that and I think that's an awesome thing to do, but I just I want more in my life than just that. And that alone is good enough. Just because you're doing the same thing that other people are doing doesn't mean that it's mundane or settling or a failure. We all do things in our own ways. Think about the families that travel with their children and and do all of these like great things. But that's not even my point. It's easy to feel like you don't want to settle. You don't want to live a white picket fence life. You're trying to rise above and be different and start a business and make generational waves and break generational curses and make a difference, help the world, make a name for yourself. Like these are all awesome, big goals to have. And I'm not saying don't have them. Obviously, that is not what I'm saying. I'm not saying because you think that means that that's bad and you're subconsciously comparing yourself to others. What I'm saying is that if you're shitting on yourself for things that you actually want to do, but you think that they are bad and make you a failure because they're something that other people are doing or that everybody else is doing. And again, we're talking about subconsciously comparing ourselves to others. If you think about what you want to do with your life and you take away the aspect of that thought that correlates to the opinion of other people or how you will look to other people, what do you want to do with your life? What do you want to do with yourself? Do you want to get married? Do you want to have kids? Do you want to buy a house? Do you want to have the dog and the cat and the job, the corporate job and make money and do whatever? Is that what you want? You can also want those other things. You can also want to solve world hunger and create world peace and start a business and make money and break generational curses. You can do all of those things and you can do the things that everybody else is doing too. It doesn't make you a failure as long as it's what you truly want to do. If that's not what you want to do, that's different. That's cool. Don't do it. But if you're only not doing it because you're afraid that it's going to make you average or it's going to make you mundane or it's going to mean that you failed because you're lumping in with a societal norm that what everybody else is doing, what you think is right, don't forget about biology. Don't forget that like it's been like this for a really long time for a reason. And it's only recently that we are exposed to everybody's opinions and the success levels that everybody has because of the internet. And that's a good thing because we now know what else is out there and what potential we could reach. But don't think that other things that you do actually want to do make you lame either. The third thing that shows that you are subconsciously comparing yourself to other people is no matter how hard you work to become the best version of yourself, you always fall short. 
you feel like there's more you could be doing, more life you could be living, stuff you are missing out on. You're not doing your skincare routine enough. You're not making eye contact with people enough. You're not exerting confidence enough. You're not doing enough yoga. You're not drinking enough green tea. You're not doing enough ice roller thing on your face. You don't have a good enough wardrobe back into that kind of stuff. You're not setting boundaries good enough. You're not, you're still people pleasing. Even if it's just 1% of the time, you're still doing it. And I'm still pissed at myself for it. You still have the same shitty job that you can't believe that you still have. There's always stuff that you're beating yourself up for. It's likely that the thing that's triggering this for you the most is the access that we have to seeing all the people's, all of these people's lives and how they're choosing to live them. And I think one of the biggest things that helped me was realizing that everybody is at a different stage in their life. And it's so easy to compare the clip that we see on the internet or the picture that we see on the internet to what we're doing right now and assume that we're at the same stage because we're on the same day of life together. It's January whatever of 2024. And because we're all in this day together, you think that you're at the same place in life, but you're not. You haven't, you're, you have a completely different life than that person. And they've, taken steps to get to that point. And you can take steps to get to that point, but I can tell you right now, they're not going to be the same steps because you've taken other steps to get to where you are now. So maybe it's going to take you longer. It's going to be quicker for you to get to that point. And when you get to that point, it's not going to look how you pictured it in your head. It's going to look completely different. It's not going to look exactly how that person has it. It's going to look completely different. (laughs) Maybe not completely different, but it's going to look different. We always expect that things will show up in the exact way that we pictured them in our mind. And that's just never, ever how it works out. And that's okay. They're still good. It's still good. It's just kind of harder to recognize because it doesn't always show up exactly as we pictured it in our head. But we have to be aware of that. And I think just being aware of that and knowing that it's not going to look exactly how we pictured it in our head will make us, it'll turn our radar on to like know when those things that could possibly be what we've been working towards start showing up in our life. The very, very best way to overcome this is to identify who the best version of yourself is and start showing up as that person as much of the time as possible. Know that this is going to be an ever-changing thing. The best version of yourself is always going to change. It's always going to be something that you're striving for because once you reach a certain level of being the best version of yourself, your brain is going to come up with more things that would help you better align with the best version of yourself And it's better aligning this new version of you with a better version of you. You definitely do feel like you are living with your best self the more that you act in accordance with that person. But just like anything else in life, there's always the next step, the next phase to work towards that doesn't go away. Appreciating the ways that you already are the best version of yourself, the more that you see it, the easier it will be to appreciate it, but there will be new things. This for me is something that I do regularly and it's a it's something that I have to remind myself constantly in my head when I'm living my life I walk into a place and I start to feel nervous and I think what would it what would it be like to walk into this place confident how would I act what would that look like how would that feel just 
having that awareness and remembering to talk to myself about that and remind myself of that is enough to trigger me to want to show up as the best version of myself. I might not always do it. I might get into the place and I might still be completely ridden with social anxiety. And that time I wasn't acting in alignment with my best self or was I? because I asked myself and was aware of it. So that's one pointer. But my point is, is that you're not always going to be the best version of yourself. I think that's a really big misconception is that you're going to be this like high almighty, high vibrational creature that just floats around life being the best version of yourself, not impacted by anything else. You will absolutely be impacted by things. Things will upset you. Things will make you anxious. Things will make you angry. Things will make you sad those emotions are going to happen. You're going to feel embarrassed and shameful and whatever. It's what you feel most of the time. And if you can minimize the amount of time that you feel those emotions, because you're not going to put yourself in situations that make you feel those things. And the point is, is making sure that as often as possible, you are showing up as the best version of yourself, that you are acting in alignment with the best version of yourself, remembering to ask yourself who that person is answering that question in your head and then acting accordingly. One really cool way that I have found effective to do this is to write a letter to yourself. It's like writing a letter to your past self. It's really your present self right now from the perspective of your future self, telling your past self, air quotes around past self, because it's your present self again, all of the things that you've accomplished, the type of person that you are, the things that you're doing, what makes you happy, who you are proud to be, because it's going to highlight for you now what things you want to accomplish in the future, what things are important for you, what are your values that tell you that you are the best version of yourself so that you can start living up to those things and notating in your head what's what that looks like and what's important to you and start becoming closer to that version just because you've identified it and it's painted out. It's spelled out right there for you. It's not just swarming in your head like the rest of the nonsense, like you wanting Taco Bell and you having a scratch on your butt and your boyfriend irritating you and the tasks that you didn't do at work, you know, get it out of that shitstorm and pull it out into reality and write that shit down. And it's a nice way to do it instead of sitting down and writing out your goals or making a vision board. Like that kind of stuff can be so daunting. Just write a letter to past self from future self and tell yourself all of the things that you've already accomplished that, you know, you haven't actually accomplished yet, but that you would like to accomplish. And it, it, paints that picture for you so that you know what to work towards. The fourth and last thing that signifies that you are subconsciously comparing yourself to others is you are constantly seeking outside validation. You always want the approval of others and you have a hard time making your own decisions. You feel like if you make the wrong choice that your life isn't going to go the way that you want it to. And so you ask for help and that's a good thing to ask for help. But why are you asking for help? Are you asking for guidance for you to turn around and then make your own choice? Or are you going to make that choice based on what somebody else said for you to do? Because if you're going to make that choice, you're not subconsciously comparing yourself to others. But why? Are you asking other people? Is it for a sense of confirmation that you're doing it the right way? Is it because if somebody else says that it's right, that means it's right? And at the end of the day, is that not just a comparison? Because if somebody else says it's right, then that means it's good enough. And that means that I'm 
accepted by other people in my community. If you're seeking validation from other people, you're not going to win. <laughs> if you're constantly looking outside of yourself for signs that you are worth it, it's not going to come. Or maybe it is going to come because some sign is going to tell you that you are. And then at the first sign of doubt from yourself or from another person, it's all going to crumble. And not being able to make decisions for yourself constantly. And I mean, this is so, this was so me. Like I remember going to the store and not being able to pick out a pair of shoes by myself without having to ask somebody for assistance. Which one do you like better? And then I would go with whatever they said. Now, it is harmless to an extent, but it's like, but are you never making any decision for yourself because you think that your decision isn't good enough because somebody else knows better than you? What would make you feel satisfied? No, but somebody else giving you an answer isn't as scary. It doesn't take individuality. It doesn't take vulnerability to say, this is what I like and this is what I'm going to do. It allows you to slip under the radar and be good enough for other people. Again, comparing yourself to others. You're good enough to fit in with them. Instead, what you can do is a few things. First, you can practice validating yourself. The way that I have found most effective to validate myself, because this was one of like the hardest things to do, I swear to God, validating yourself, is sometimes just simply reframing it that way gives you an answer right away. Just pounding validation into your head, reminding yourself over and over again that your decision is worth it, that your decision is good enough, that you have a good sense of style, that you have your best interest in mind, that you are smart, that you are money savvy, that you are always trying to do what's best for you, that you are a good person, whatever. Like you have to pound validation into your head, even if you might not believe it at first, but remembering to constantly, constantly, constantly be validating yourself in ways like that. You start to feel a little bit insecure because you're out in public. I'm a likable person. People enjoy talking to me. I have friends for a reason. My family likes talking to me for a reason. Whatever your truth is, say it to yourself. My cats like to be around me. I'm a likable person. Babies like me. Animals like me. I like me. Validate, validate, validate. Realistic self-talk. Realistic self-talk over positive or negative self-talk is number one. You're freaking out. You don't know if the thing that you're doing is the right thing. So what happens if it's the wrong thing? What will you do? What will be your course of action at that point? What will you do if it's the right thing? How will you behave? What realistically can you expect from whatever situation playing out, playing out? You can improve your sense of self-worth. You do this by proving to yourself that you are a good person. Identify to you what makes a worthy person and find areas of your life that you have exemplified that. Prove to yourself that you are worth it. I try to make other people comfortable. I try to make other people smile. People have complimented me on whatever trait, physical or internal. Decide what would make you worth it how you would view someone as worth it and find areas of your life that you have proven that to be true. And if you haven't, now you know it and you can create it, which leads me into the next one of self-trust. Do what you say you're going to do. You see this area that you could improve, improve upon it. Say, I'm going to drink water today and do it. You tell yourself you're going to start doing a morning routine, do it. And then if you lose energy move it around and do something different that you do have the energy for. Even if it's bare bones, something super simple, like waking up and stretching for three minutes, you did something that you said that you were going to do. 
the more that you follow through with your own word, the more you know that you can trust your own word and the more you know you can do whatever you want. You can accomplish whatever you want because you trust yourself to do it. And it starts with small things. And lastly, strengthening your decision-making skills. The same with self-trust. You start small and you go with your gut. Am I going to eat pasta or rice today? And you make that decision. And then next time your boyfriend asks you where you want to eat, you'll actually think about where do I want to eat? A lot of the time I use that question as a means of me practicing my decision-making skills. My boyfriend will be like, oh, what do you want to eat tonight? And I think in my head, if I was alone and I had to make this decision by myself and I wasn't thinking about him or anything else, where would I go? Now, a lot of the time, (laughs) the answer is still, I have no fucking idea what I want, but pretty quick, I can come up with an answer. And that's my answer. And then if he doesn't like that answer, ladies tip to you. Now it's your turn to make the decision. Don't keep asking me to come up with something if you reject my idea. Fuck that. Anyways, looking at life as a means of practice and finding things that you can practice with So that when you're presented with a bigger decision or a bigger opportunity that you need to feel self-worth or a bigger opportunity that you need to trust yourself, like leaving a relationship or a bigger opportunity to validate yourself because somebody is being a fucking dick to you, that you'll be able to do that because you've practiced every single day of your life as often as you can. So that way you're living in a way that you feel satisfied with and it's not up to outside people to make you feel like you are good enough. February is around the corner, which is crazy because I feel like it was just New Year's Eve five seconds ago. (laughs) But that being said, if y'all don't remember, that means that we have 28 days to spend 100% together. I'm bringing back the 28 days of self-love challenge because without self-love, you cannot accomplish anything in regards to becoming the best version of yourself. Because without self-love, you cannot be your best self. I'm really looking forward to talking to you guys again. I'm not 100% sure yet how exactly I'm going to execute it. I'm deciding between a few things here, but it will be happening. So mark your calendar starting February 1st through the 28th. There will be one podcast every single day. They're typically shorter podcasts, 15 to 20 minutes long, that we discuss all the different aspects of self-love, that we get into the nitty gritty, all the different aspects of what it means to truly love yourself. I am hoping And my plan, what I'm kind of leaning towards, just I'll give you a little spoiler of one of the things that I'm thinking about doing is instead of having just straight 28 days of me talking at you is we will still celebrate our Monday episodes by having a guest on each Monday that pertains to self-love. So if there's anything that you think would be cool to hear, please let me know. Send me a text, shoot me a DM. Let me know what you think you would really enjoy or benefit from hearing in regards to self-love this February. Or if you have any other ideas, send them my way. I'm all ears. I'm happy to hear what you guys would like to listen to. If you haven't already, don't forget to subscribe to the show so that you are always up to date on becoming the most elite and wellish version of yourself. You can follow me on Instagram and on TikTok. They're both just my full name, Sarah Rittendale. Instagram has a dot in between my first and last name. And then you can follow Wellish for show updates at Wellish Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to have a kick-ass week. You are all elite as fuck. And I will talk to you guys next Monday. Bye, guys. (laughs) 